podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. The 1865 Match Report. Hello and welcome to the last 1865 Match Report of the regular football season. League Two was a bit crazy, but in the Championship, Forest brought their season to a close with a one-all draw away at Hull City. Now, the most notable thing about uh, the Forest lineup today was that it was very different to normal. Seven changes, so we had Samba in goal, a back three of Worrell with Figueredo and Jonathan Panzo making his debut. At wing-back, we had Rich Larrier and Joe Lolly. And Cafu and James Garner were in the middle of the park with Zinconagel supporting a front pair of Alex Mighton and Zande Silva. Now, I'm joined by Tom Newton. Tom, you're fresh back from the match. I, I didn't see it, but you have been there and um, you've experienced the hospitality of the good people of Hull and the good people, the good stewards of Hull City. Um, so, first of all, uh, did, you, did you have a good day? Um, well, as away games go, it wasn't bad. Decent um, away crowd from uh, Nottingham. De- I've got to say, Hall's um, catering, it's up there. Very good. Um, so, uh, yeah, it was, it was a decent day. It was like final day of the season. We knew we had the playoffs in the bag. And, um, yeah, it was a typical end of season game with obviously all the changes, what you mentioned. But, um, no, on the whole, not a bad day out. Okay, so let's talk about that team news. We knew that there were a a few walking wounded and the speculation was, will Cooper change things up so that he can give a rest to some of those players or will he want to keep the momentum going? And obviously, as I mentioned earlier, it was very much a case of let's make those changes, let's protect the players who are carrying injuries. And, And after the match, he did say that out of the changes he made, the only one who wasn't really carrying a knock was Brennan Johnson. All of the others have got knocks or muscle problems or or injuries of some kind. Ryan Yates wasn't even in the squad because of his shoulder problem. Steve Cook, obviously, um, his head was still cut open, but he'd obviously had the, the very emotional situation with his father. And obviously, we wish his dad well. Um, so when you heard the team news, what were your thoughts, Tom? Uh I wasn't surprised, to be honest. We knew there were going to be changes, but we didn't know um, how many changes there would be. And I think it's, I think Steve Kubu is in the realm of he's damned if he does and damned if he's not, if he keeps basically his regular starting 11. So it was a matter of like, get some uh, minutes in the players who are a bit on the periphery, fringe players. Then, um, but if he then played like the likes of, um, say, Yates, I know he wasn't in the squad, etc., and they got injured. He's going to have a bit of criticism going into like two important games in the playoffs. So, yeah, it was expected, to be honest. So uh, no real surprises. And it was nice to see Panzo get on the pitch because obviously we haven't seen him um, in a red shirt. So, well, at first team level yet. Mm, yeah, yeah. OK. Um, and before we started recording, you also did say that with the changes to the team, it did kind of have that, you know, the end of the pier, last day of the season, you know, sunny day. Uh, nothing riding on the match in particular or nothing tangible because Forrest were already in the playoffs and Hull were already, you know, their position in the division was also secure. So, uh, yeah, I mean, talk, talk, talk us through what the feel was. It sounded as if it was actually, you know, it was a little bit flat, wasn't it? Yeah, and I think Forrest fans just basically wanted a good day out in Hull, really. 
and then when the, um, when the match started, yeah, it was a bit of a flat atmosphere. Um, well, yeah, flat atmosphere for especially the first half. Then the performance on the pitch was a bit flat. So yeah, it's typical end of season game. And like you say, Hall were already safe. We didn't have a lot riding on it apart from positional um, reasons. But at the end of the day, one one. It's yeah, you know, it's probably a fair result, really. Not not a lot happened in the game until later in the game. Mm, okay. Um, were there any particular moments of excitement in the first half? I mean, the name that that kept coming up on the on the radio commentary uh, was their Iranian centre forward Alayar Sayad Manesh. It sounded like he was quite a busy player up front for the Tigers. Yeah, he had a couple of openings, but Forrest kept it pretty tight at the back. Um, but I didn't even know who he was until you mentioned because I was half expecting Tom Eves to actually start the game but obviously come on so but um, I can't pronounce his name so I'll let you uh, say it again if you want to yeah Syed Manash and um, so he he had what Sky Sports reported was the best chance of the first half when uh, there was a little a little moment between uh, Toby at the back and uh, and Samba so um, so the Iranian forward was able to try and try and get in there but obviously it led to nothing yeah it's it's a bit worrying because before he was playing uh, Figueroa he looked pretty solid then he's had like this like, last few weeks off since uh, Cook's coming to the side, and he played. To, uh, he just got went back to his like bit of indecisiveness in his play. Um, that ball come over, and it's like, oh, what do I do with it? And nine times out of ten, when um, a centre half who's the last line of defence hesitates, something bad happens. Mm. And thanks, um, yeah, they didn't score from it, but he's kind of that just crept into his game and I think there was another occasion in the second half where that happened and he would have been better off just clearing it and just in without doing that the striker nearly nipped in again so it's kind of one of I mean there was nothing really riding on the game but you don't want to be doing that in the playoffs because the teams who are, who are going to be playing Sheffield United are a lot better than Hull you see so you need to be on um, you need to be concentrating 100% at all times in the playoffs yeah, yeah, absolutely. And it's one of those things, going back to some, a discussion that we've had in the past, Toby is a decent championship centre-half, but you cannot argue that Steve Cook is not a massive upgrade in terms of just his ability, his concentration span, his leadership, his his know-how. Um, so Toby is a good championship centre-half, but most championship centre-halves have a mistake in them, and Cookie doesn't make as many as most championship centre-halves. Yeah, and that just goes to show you that Steve Cook's played in the Premier League, so he's got he is that type of caliber of player where Figueroa's no disrespect to him, but this is probably ceiling as how far he's probably going to get unless he goes back to Portugal and obviously plays say plays for a team like Braga, who's probably underneath Sporting, Benfica, and Porto. So that's probably his level, but um, it's one of them. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And um, I guess the only moment of note really uh, for Forrest, or at least the only one that I can remember off the top of my head, was um, Joe Lolly playing at left wing back. He cut in from the left-hand side and had a go with his right foot, which flashed past the angle of post and bar. It probably got a bit of an ooh from the crowd, but it wasn't massively threatening, was it? So so what did you make of Lolly's performance? His first start in, in quite a while, playing in a slightly unfamiliar position. What did you make of him? He was okay. He's quite 
he's quite like intelligent player in terms of like discipline, um, etc. But I just think in the last few months since um, he's come back from his injuries, I just think he's just losing that like burst of pace what he like had a couple of years ago where he can beat a man, drop a shoulder, and then lash a shot in. Um, I think that's just lacking from his game. Whether um, he needs a pre- um, like a really good preseason to get as sharp as he was a few years ago. That remains to be seen, but yeah, we all wish Gerald can get back to where he was. Mm, okay, um, so at half time it was nil nil, but for you as a fan at the ground, I don't know how connected you were with what was what else was going on within the division because obviously, um, of the other teams vying for the playoffs, basically they were all winning and we weren't. So, how was that feeling? Um, I don't think it was too bad in terms because we knew we was in the playoffs. I think if we was like say six or whatever, and we had the jeopardy of if we didn't win this game or whatever, that we could drop out. I think it was like no pressure for us really, and it was just a matter of like we, we knew we'd out of the three teams to play, we knew we was going to play. Stating the obvious, we knew we was going to play someone. So it was just one of those. Then it was kind of it was going to be chopping and changing all afternoon. We thought, and um, at one point we, when the penalty went in by Brennan Johnson, we thought it was going to be Luton because mm. that I think. That would have mean we finished third, but now we've got Sheffield United, and it's you know, we'll go again on Saturday afternoon. You're listening to 1865, the Nottingham Forest podcast. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Let's talk about the second half. You've you've, you've um, mentioned that basically all the action happened right at the end of the half. But... There were a couple of hairy moments um, beforehand, and, and the most notable one being when Keen Lewis Potter, you'd, you'd mentioned um, that there'd been a couple of moments at the back, and one of those saw Keen Lewis Potter go through in the right-hand channel, and he's a left-footed player. I think that was probably what saved Forrest then, wasn't it? Because he hit it high and handsome over the bar. Yeah, I was happy for a player of his calibre. Um, I hadn't seen much of him, but I knew he was pretty decent, and I thought that was going to... Um... Yeah, the um, net was going to ripple, but he placed it over and nearly put the ball in the humber. So, uh, <laughs> um, so yeah, it was a bit of a we got a let off there um, kind of thing, and uh, yet again another hairy moment uh, from our defence. Yeah, and uh, I mean, obviously, it's one of those, isn't it, whereby Forest are playing a second string team, Hull are they know that their season is over, but I guess you don't want to lose your final match especially when it's at home so um so they they were you know trying to trying their best to do stuff and I think that if results elsewhere hadn't been going the way they were and if Forrest had already taken the lead then maybe the substitutions that were made on the 65 minute mark might not have happened because on 65 minutes Steve Cooper he did feel his hand was forced a little bit and he took off Jonathan Panzo and he took off Zande Silva Two players who haven't had that many minutes. So we know that Cooper likes to take off players on the 65, 60, 65 minute mark. And he brought on Brennan Johnson and Sam Surridge. And that meant that Forrest went 
to a, a 4-2-3-1 type formation. Am I right there? Yeah, um, pretty much. And like you say, Cooper does like making a substitution around on, what, 60th, 65th minute. Mm-hmm. And so it's never thought that with changes are going to be made. But I just think that with the players what played today, no disrespect to him, but, you know, if you just, like, add a Cafu in there to play with, like, a Garner, and what, but they're not bad. They're, they're decent players to bring on. But, you know, when you have wholesale changes, so it's relatively a second string. Yeah. And on second string for a reason. I just think because they haven't played as much together, uh, I just think that we really lacked any rhythm in our play kind of thing. It was like the possession state uh, stats were decent without really doing anything on the whole uh, City goal. So yeah, it was one of those like like I said earlier, it's just a typical end of season game and just getting minutes in the players who we may potentially need for the playoffs. Yeah, yeah. Um, just as you'd mentioned, possession stats. So um, let's contrast today with uh, the Swansea match. So against Swansea, we had 30% possession and had 17 shots on goal. And today we had um, 61% possession, but we only had four shots on target. Um, and even then, that that sounds a little bit generous to me, doesn't it? Yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah. So bringing on those subs and the formation change, it did bring a little bit of extra impetus, didn't it? And it was as far as trying to get the results. And uh, is is Brennan, who was the player who um, probably was was in the mix there. He had a shot which was uh, parried by, um, sorry, a cross that was parried by Nathan Baxter with Sam Surridge trying to get on the end of it. Um, but but Baxter in the goal did a, did a decent job. Um, and then... Hull made their own substitution, so they brought on Tom Eaves, um, and they brought on who else did they bring on? They brought on um, Tom Huddleston, uh, that 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 old favourite, and uh, <laughs> so they they changed things up as well. And um, Tom Eaves, you know, he's a big lad, isn't he? He's six foot five, I think, and uh, therefore we know that he's got the capability of creating problems. And uh, uh, yeah, so he he probably could have done better when he had a chance from a. Uh, uh, across by Lewis Potter. Yeah, um, he could. But I just think, no disrespect to Tommy, but I just think he's one of those run-of-the-mill championship strikers where he probably, I don't know how many goals he's got this season, but he seems one of those where you stick him on with like the last 10 minutes to go just to cause a bit of havoc. And they so, you know, he's, let's say he's not as good as like an Andy Carroll or a Kiefer Moore, um, let's say. But he can cause the odd problem, so. Mm, yeah, yeah. Well, um, Forrest um, made their final substitution, which was to bring off Richie Larrier and bring on Jed Spence. Um, I'm again assuming that's to preserve the legs um, of Larrier, who hasn't really got many minutes under his belt. How did he do as right wing back? Yeah, he did OK. I mean, he's not as good as Spence, but he has got a bit of an engine on him and he did get himself up and down the year field quite a few times. He's just probably like lacking that uh, attacking quality Spencer's got. I think Spence is more direct. He will what I did notice in the game is that when Larea picks up the ball, he likes passing it inside and but it's like when Spence picks up the ball, he like passes it into Johnson or whoever like Garner. Then he will bomb on to get the return ball mm. and Larea doesn't really do that. Um Spence is like looking to get to the byline every time and Larea doesn't do that but that's not saying he's a bad player I just think he's slightly different um, to yeah. Jed and we all know that Jed Spence is our um, A-lister when it comes in the right wing back position 
Yeah, and also let's not forget that you know Spence and Brennan have got a whole season of of, of playing that way, um, similar to to Matty Cash and Joe Lolly a couple of years ago, where it's something that they've they've kind of got better at doing as they've got more matches under their belt and and uh, old Richmond he hasn't had the chance to do that as yet um so let's let's skip to the to stoppage time because that's when everything happened um Forrest won a penalty to you did it look like a clear penalty when it was given yeah um because Tom Hodgson he intercepted the ball and and then um, he kind of like lost concentration slightly and Surridge just got in front of him and he just tried to kick the ball away he's obviously got storage and not the ball so yeah it was a definite penalty probably because he's only just come on I don't think he got to speed with the game mm-hmm. even though it wasn't the quickest game but I think that just like lack of concentration and obviously thinking the ball was there and didn't see storage just nipping and then yeah it was a definite penalty and Tom Hudderson, um for all his histories of where he's been in the past I don't think he's got no uh, qualms about um, that penalty I think it yeah it was a stonewaller yeah, as um, Huddleston has never been a quick or b good. His his turn. He's always had the turning circle of an oil tanker, hasn't he? So it was yeah. one of those clumsy moments, wasn't it? Yeah, and um, and seeing Hall's not a mil- um, the whole Humber is not a million miles away from the stadium. I bet, like he says, if an oil tanker is on um, spins around, <laughs> it's quicker than uh, Tom Huddleston is at the moment. I think. I think he's about he's about thirty five now, so he's got a lot of miles on the clock now, and it ultimately showed this afternoon when he come on yeah might need to put um, a bit of oil in those joints um so it was a penalty um brennan johnson took it were you ever in doubt you're always in doubt aren't you when it comes to um a penalty because obviously he missed the one again at bramall lane um so but he stuck it in the same corner what he put the penalty in against um west brom the other week so uh, yeah one nil and you think that was the game's done, but then um, defensive naivety comes to bite Forest again and they uh, put the ball in the box and get something on the end of it and it's 1-1. Yeah, so it's worth pointing out that um, Forrest thought they'd won it and you could tell because Brennan did something I've not seen him do before. He ripped his shirt off and ran right towards the crowd. He was obviously thinking, that's the one. That's We've got third place. And and listening at home, I was going, yeah, we've got third place. And Steve Hodge was going crazy, going, we've got third place. But just, you know, a minute later, uh, Louis Coyle put in what was basically a speculative cross towards the box. Um, it bounced through I mean the, he was about 30 yards out when he put the cross in with his wrong foot it curled in um it's been credited to Keen Lewis Potter because he slid in and apparently did get a touch on it um although initially everyone thought it was Coyle's goal um it's a messy one to concede even regardless of the circumstances isn't it yeah I mean this was we was quite low down in the away section so we couldn't see it as having like an advanced uh, position but yeah when the ball went in and then you like you say it's a messy one and it, I, I just think because Forest wasn't 100% today in terms of like um, being a slick performance um, concentration as we've mentioned with the indecisiveness in the play wasn't there so yeah it was just you know, a bit of defensive naivety a messy goal and I don't want to like do Forrest down, but it's kind of a sense of inevitability. We just thought that if Hull do get like one chance here, they're going to stick it away, and, and that's what happened. 
Mm, yeah, interesting you say that as somebody who's at the ground because I think that's the general the general feeling um, you know that I had throughout the match is like it's it, it had that like I say it had that end of season feel and and we've all been to matches where where it has you know a sunny day and I say both teams kind of know that their ultimate fate is decided although there might be different positions in the table and yeah you just think well it's going to be a bit a bit messy and a bit loose um anyway that's enough uh for the time being from you tom i shall come back to you in just a second but first of all let's hear from a whole fan on his views of the match hello everybody um hall city fan and youtuber old grandpa joe here just giving you uh, my thoughts on the game from the uh from the whole city perspective, thought in the first half you are we started really well. Well, for the first 10, 15 at least, then we've done, then we went into doing what we usually do um, <laughs> during the, well during the rest of the first half. Start well and then just sit back and defend. Let the other team have all the ball. And we did that. We defended well against you. You were pretty much constantly in our half. But then towards the second, towards the back end of the second, of the first half, sorry, we uh, we pulled it back a little bit. Then, but the first half was pretty pretty boring on the whole. You had a lot of spells of pressure, but there was no real clear cut chances, um, in my opinion. Second half, I thought we were uh, on top. Thought Hull City were on top. Um, the penalty, I was at the other end, so I didn't see it from where I was. It looked accidental. However, I've seen replays and I've spoken to my friends who were sat right opposite it and it was definitely a penalty um but then then it was a really really well taken penalty by Brennan Johnson and that away end looked absolutely mental I can um discredit Forest fans for wanting to get in our home end and stuff and I'm sure there were still some fans in there that just kept it very quiet <laughs> um but in that away end it was bouncing but in the second half, I thought we were on top. We should have had, well, Keen Lewis Potter should have scored. He took an extra touch, which narrowed down his angle and allowed Bryce Samba to narrow down the angle a little bit more for him. And he blazed it over the bar into the south stand end. Um, then there was a chance Tom Eves had where he went for goal with a header and put it into the side net instead of pulling it back across the box. Then the strike from Louis Coyle was incredible. The goal's been credited to Keane Lewis Potter at the moment, but I was sat right behind it. And Keane, for me, Keane didn't touch it. So, yeah, it was it was an interesting game. And obviously you've now got Sheffield United, I believe it is, in the playoffs. So that'll be a tough game for you. Um, all the best, though. Uh, Brennan Johnson looked fantastic when he came on. Jed Spence was really, really quick. And you can see why he's impressed for you on loan this season. And uh, yeah, will he be a player you're looking to get permanently? Let me know. Anyway, yeah, last game of the season. We're done. We're on to bigger and better, hopefully, with the new ownership and the first full transfer window for this this summer. So that could be that could be a very, very nice one. And obviously for you, there's the playoffs, the small matter of potentially getting into the Premier League. And I wish you luck for that. It's going to be very tough. There's some good teams in the playoffs. So, yeah, thank you very much. I'll see you soon.
Okay, thank you very much, Joe. Um, okay, t- Tom, coming back to you, you've told us what you thought about the match itself. Now, what that means is that as of the end of the regular season, Forest finish in fourth position. Now, listener, we're going to be discussing this in a load more detail in our end of season podcast slash playoff, playoff preview. Easy for me to say. And that will be in your feeds during the week. So stick with us and we'll talk about that in more detail. But yeah, ended up being Huddersfield in third position on 82 points, Forest in fourth on 80 points. And we will be playing Sheffield United in the playoffs, who finished in fifth position on 75 points ahead of Luton, who also had 75 points, but an inferior goal difference. So overall, let's just cut to the chase, Tom. We'll talk about what we think about the playoffs um, in a few days time. But Sheffield United, um, we've been there before. We've Some of us have got PTSD about it. Overall, fourth position, though, when you consider where Forrest were seven matches into the season, is beyond our wildest dreams, isn't it? Yeah, and it could have been even better if we got the right results against Bournemouth, um, etc. But uh, no, it's been since Steve Cooper's come in, we've mentioned it no end of times on match reports, um, monthly pods and things. It's an unbelievable achievement. From where we was, with the same group of players, apart from like the likes of um, Keenan Davis, who's coming in, Steve Cook, and obviously Richard Luray, but not to a greater extent to what contribution what um, Cook and Davis have um, brought to the side. But it's an outstanding... We, I think when Steve Cooper come in, it just we were staring relegation in the face in terms of how we started. And it was just a matter of just keep us in the league. But after his initial start, it's like, it's like, OK, let's consolidate. But we've gone beyond that mm. um, to get into the uh, the playoffs. And obviously, we nearly got an automatic. Uh, we was quite close. But let's not beat ourselves up about that. Because if anybody said back in September, you'll finish in fourth place, you would have snatched the hand off. Yeah. And yeah, it's been an absolute brilliant season. And hopefully, um, we'll get the uh, job done over two legs in the playoffs against uh, Sheffield United. And Hopefully, fingers crossed, toes crossed, and everything else <laughs> at Wembley on Bank Holiday weekend at the end of May. Yeah, and um, yeah, absolutely. So let's hope that there are three matches left of the season. And also, just another thing that you've touched upon already. I think today's match would have been very different if we had been able to get a result at Bournemouth, wouldn't it? Because the players yeah. who didn't risk today they probably would it would have been that first choice lineup steve cooper's got a very definite first choice kind of 15 or so players hasn't he yeah another thing it's a bit of a double edged sword i mean if the opportunity was there to get into the automatics today if we had got the result against bournemouth and say we went gung ho and got the win against hull etc but ultimately fell short it's, it's one of those, you know, if, like, say, for example, Spence gets injured, Surge gets injured, then we slip into the playoffs. It's one of those, I know football's got, like, a ifs, whats, and maybes, but um, mm. I think, um, yeah, with how the season's gone and everything else, um, yeah, we, we can't be too downbeat of not getting an automatic because, like I said, this is an absolute bonus. Mm. Yeah, and, 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 and as you say, it... it 
you can't blame the manager for being a little bit cautious in in that respect. Okay, so I'm just going to say thank you very much to you, Tom, and thank you to Joe from uh, for giving us the whole city perspective on this. Uh, my name is Rich Ferraro, and thank you to you, listener, for joining us for our match reports throughout the season. As I say, we're going to have a a season review slash playoff playoff preview. I still can't say it. A season review slash playoff preview, which will be in your feeds during the week. And we will obviously be reporting on the playoff matches as they happen. So once again, thank you very much for listening. We'll be in your feeds very soon. Sports Social Podcast Network.